fails just smack it this is the war and beast podcast i'm greg i'm jordan and when we get to the question segment i have a question for you greg i'm oh, kendall okay well, you always have a question <laughs> <laughs> oh but this week we are reviewing war for cybertron kingdom episode two and why do i talk with my hands ah <sighs> but yes we are reviewing the second episode interesting episode um I mean, overall, it's an interesting start to this to this series, and I'm eager to see how, based on conversations that we've had, I'm eager to see how you react to the end of this series, but we will get there when we get there. Although Jordan did have a comment for, on Twitter earlier, I think it was last week, and I'm like, Ooh. yeah. Well, I, I watched one episode ahead, so I'm yes. one episode ahead. And probably next time Cheater. I'll watch two episodes ahead. And by the, yes. by the fourth episode, I'll have the whole series watched at least once. Perfect. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like a sliding scope. Yes. <laughs> but yes, interesting episode. So, so, Kendall, do you have anything from IMDb today? No. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say, I will say, I am, any, any hesitance that I had... After last week's episode, I am game on board 100%. No, nothing negative except for the things that I'm going to say, maybe. Uh, But like, (laughs) even the bad was good. Like, this was, this was like, this was, oh my gosh, this was all my dreams coming true. Really? Yes. Ah. I'm sure Netflix will be happy to hear that. At least it's not the He-Man series. I'm I'm in their I'm in their target demographic for another for another year or so. Mm-hmm. So uh, 18 to 34, I turned 34 in a few months. So I gotta you know take it take it well I take it well I can. Oh my God, am I out of the demo? Can't You're out right. of the out of the 18 to 34, or whatever. If that's the one that matters. Oh my yeah, gosh. They, they got it. They just got to be another one where they keep. Where they keep yeah. more towards thirty nine or or something Probably. like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I'm, I'm no, pretty no, sure no, there's, no, there's they'll, a late thirties demo. We'll have still a kind we'll, of overlaps. We'll have uh, well, it'll be like it'll be like network TV. Like Netflix will actually skew older because mm. like we're the people who still we still there'll there'll be like kids coming up like really you still have a Roku? <laughs> you still stream stuff? I just downloaded it to my eyeballs. Oh, I can't wait for that day. But you don't have a you don't have a flow Jew. 
<clears throat> Look, if 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 a if an actual iPhone came with new eyes, I mean, yes, I'm right we, there with been, you. We, we've been over this. Yeah, <laughs> I'm right there with you. I'm, I've already had one surgery. I mean, what's 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 the point, you know, of worrying about others if if it basically gives me new eyes that actually work? Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, of course, you know, there's the uh, what is it? The the client, uh, like like how much uh, caveats they have of control over over said eyes. If that's that's the thing to worry yeah. about. Yeah. But if it if it was like something where like I basically paid for completely new eyes along with it, you know, that's and those eyes were mine with, without having to worry about them saying like, well, no, you can't use them anymore, and they shut them off. Plan, yeah, planned obsolescence. Yeah, you'd want to make sure because because they would, you know, if, it's eyes as a service, really. Yes, mm. you know, you're you're paying for this, you're paying seeing as a service, not a. <laughs> it's a yeah, but if if I want to. If I want to fix you'd, my you'd eyes myself, how I many, should be able to. You'd be surprised how many healthcare's actually do see seeing as a service and not a, necessi- a necessity. Mm. <sighs> anyway, Jordan, this what's, episode in the, of getting what's in older. the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, there's a couple of continuities though, but I don't want to get into them because it kind of will get into what we are actually going to see talk about in the actual. Series uh, episodes, yes. uh, but it does mention that like a lot of the plot points uh, in this episode were foreshadowed again on the Kingdom webpage. Like the, they do that little hidden things there. Um, one thing that I think I can you know mention is such as like Air Razor had a message that said that it would help gu- that she would help guide a conflicted enemy towards redemption. So I mean there was like little phrases like that for a couple of the characters that were hinted at uh, before the episode went up. Um, it also mentions, under continuity notes, that uh, Megatron's hallucination has him in Sector 12, the f- which had the factory he shut down and had its workers killed to f- yes. fuel the nemesis. Also, the it also mentions that it also, you know, has uh, a variance of Ultra Magnus from that same episode. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise... There's actually a, an animation technical error mentioned here, but it's basically saying instead of using this one specific type of gun, they used a different, less common type of gun. So I'm not sure how much is that, other than just you know, people really nitpicking. I'm not oh, really was that sure. For, was that Primal when he used the gun? No, uh, it's for RC. Oh, okay. Like, like I said, like, like, is it just someone because of the toy, toy or whatever? But what? But, you know, it's just a small thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've got, for references, we've got, uh, we get to see a little bit of the theft of the golden disc. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get to hear Prime Wheel Maximize, uh, yes. which is, as a general, uh, as a general, like, a call to arms instead of the usual beast mode that they say when they transform. Yeah, yeah, but, I kind of missed that. Yeah, both times that he says maximize, they turn it into beasts. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's it's fine. I it's still awesome. I love everything about this episode, but I did notice that. Yeah. Uh, it actually also mentions that this is not the first time Dynam- uh, Dinobot stops Megatron from continuing torturing a flying maximal with electricity, and this is reference to a comic. Uh, one of the 
Beast Wars Transformers comics, uh, specifically in uh, Savage Landing Part 3. Oh. We also... We also get to mention how Dynamite mentions that Starscream is a ghost, which is, of course, an aside to many things that have happened to Starscream, including the episode he was on in Beast Wars. Mm-hmm. And Mirage got to use his little—he got to use his powers a bit more, like he has in uh, previous incarnations of Transformers, shows, including including getting to see the orange-lined box around him, like like it was in the original cartoon. Yes, that was pretty cool. Yeah. And that's pretty much it for uh, references and, and such. All on the right. Wiki. So, with that being said, getting into the episode proper, as Jordan mentioned earlier, we open up on a sort of desolate-looking tunnel, and we've got Black Arachne and Dinobot talking back and forth about maybe not being on the up-and-up with Megatron's plan here. And talking okay. about maybe just handing something back. I freaking love this scene because <laughs> it's so great because like we live in the future, right? Yes. Where like people know how to computer animate things, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They still like put them all in shadow and stuff because they're in their Cybertronian forms and they didn't want to <laughs> spend the money on actually modeling <laughs> the Cybertronian forms. And it's amazing. <laughs> and then and then they call him Dinobot, even though he still is a Cybertronian, so he's not Dino. Like that's what I always wondered was was like you know Rat Trap and Cheat at the beginning of of the pilot episode of Beast Wars, like Rat Trap and Cheetor and Rhinox, like they sound like they're naming themselves mm, as yeah. they you know as as they get their get their uh, animal forms. Nope, not in this timeline. In this timeline, he's a completely a robot, <laughs> and then he, and then he, and, and his name is Rat Trap, and he just happens to find this alien, uh, th- this alien animal that, uh, in 20th century English, we call a rat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's great. They, they back Love. and forth on that a lot of. For a lot of reasons, like especially in the comics, they also try to make, uh, like make it seem like oh, it was natural to call them that. Like even the Dinobots in in G one at times have had like Dino, like as in, uh, like a Dymio, like a or like an electric Dymo thing, like D Y and and O tried to make it sound like oh yeah, they were named that they were named that before. So when they became robots, it just seemed natural to call them Dinobots, you know. They've they've tried that before, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Like like how Superman has a big S on his chest, yeah, and that's the mark of L. That's the <laughs> it doesn't have anything to do with an S. It just happens to look be squiggly. Lots of things are squiggly. <laughs> yeah, and like I said, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And it, it's I just love I just love it. I think it works great. It made me laugh, and that's. <laughs> I do That's, like how this this establishes that Black Arachnia was part of the Predacons before she landed on Earth. Okay. Yes. So yeah. so def so this definitely shows this as a different timeline than what we've seen in the uh, original Beast Wars cartoons. Absolutely. The only, unless she was reprogrammed on Cybertron. Tron, yeah. But it's but it's it also, heavily alluded also, to that she's yeah. just pure Predacon in this. And there's a couple of other things that also kind of really make it sound like that this is definitely a different timeline than what the Beast Wars cartoon was. Oh, yeah. Or at least a 
possible timeline branch whatever mm-hmm. alternate timelines are a hard thing to say like you can't it's all hard to say it's like is it just a different dimension is it just a different uh universe blah 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 obviously loki got into this as well yep yeah not trying to hey, spoil anything you know you know i can i can tell you, you you're i know greg i know you've been wishy-washy but there's no way there's no possible way in all the world and all of all of the dimensions and timelines that the ending of War for Cybertron Kingdom could be as bad as the ending to Loki. Oh, true enough. Yeah. No, nah, it's not that bad. I didn't really have I, a problem with the ending. Just I'm I'm trying not to spoil anything, but uh, I didn't I I didn't have a whole I the ending wasn't bad. And I Kendall, for me, the ending isn't an ending because it basically was like, okay, yeah, they're definitely doing a second season anyway. So it basically felt like they're just, they're, they didn't end it to end it. Like they mm. didn't do a good ending because they're like, oh, we're going to keep going. So I didn't even see it as an ending. Are you talking about Loki or are you talking Loki. about Kingdom? No, Loki. You haven't I, haven't, seen the I haven't watched, I haven't seen the ending of Kingdom yet. Oh, right, right, right. No, I, I think that, no, I, I just, I wanted a satisfying conclusion to the story that was being told in in Loki, and what I got instead was uh, was a was an anticlimactic half hour of exposition featuring somebody who's going to be in some movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I that's, that's and he's freaking Kang, and he is <laughs> just is just a dude with a freaking with a freaking graduation gown on. Like Kang should be. Kang should be more over the top looking than Thanos. Uh, okay. Sorry, sorry. I'm. Uh, <laughs> so then there's the. So yeah, then the, the they come and they got the golden. Di- the Predacons steal the golden disc. Yes. And as, uh, as, as the theme song alludes to, yes, Megatron has stolen the golden disc, being chased by what we can assume are Maximals, uh, with a lot of laser fire behind them, and this is the point where. Dinobot decides to make a bit of a stand. Well, and after like Megatron loses the disc, like he gets shot at and it falls into Black Arachne's hand. That's when he makes this stand. Yes. And correct me if I'm wrong, but that looks like Rat Trap's gun in Dinobot's hand. It kind of does. Yeah. Which I thought was kind of a neat callback. Standard but, issue. Yeah. <laughs> um, we do have a, a bit of a, you know, a face to face, but then. Turned out Black Arachne was playing Dinobots and gives Megatron back the disc. <laughs> which Dinobot isn't overly thrilled about and then realizes that, oh, wait, the gun doesn't work. <laughs> I do I do like this because it basically shows that th- despite the fact that they have laser guns, they have laser bullets. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> gotta, yeah. <laughs> yeah gotta, gotta count to six. Six and one in the chamber. Mm-hmm. Because Black Arachnia just drops a whole bunch of, like, glowing bullets because she took them all. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think, and I mean, I do think that it's kind of established that sometimes sometimes there are guns that have projectiles, and sometimes there are guns that just shoot energy, and I think that's fine. But yes, that still was a compelling moment. Yeah. Uh, We do get a bit of a, a moment with Megatron saying that if their ranks weren't so thin that he would crush Dinobot where he stood. Uh, so obviously the Predacons aren't in that great of a shape, and this doesn't appear to be that sort of peaceful timeline that we were used to in the 90s series. Pax Cybertronus. Yes. 
Yeah. Or something, don't they call it something like that? Pax Cyber- yeah, Pax Cybertrona. Tronus. Spectro-Patronum. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. I, I, I try to avoid references to that. <laughs> anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, Megatron and Black Arachnia leave Dinobot to uh, to take care of the Maximal Enforcers and then meet them at their ship. So interesting that they're calling them Enforcers here. <laughs> Definitely a bit of a darker timeline, I would say. So, mm-hmm. so as we we fade to black, we get our intro, and then we're back to Black Arachnia and Starscream. Oh, oh. did we mention? Uh, also, we end with. Uh, Try to call uh, Megatron saying, and you know, perhaps uh, Black Arachnia can teach you the value of loyalty or something like that. Oh, yes. Which, yeah. I love that foreshadowing. Yeah. Yeah. Especially since we immediately go from that to Black Arachnia sort of, you know, conspiring with Starscream right after the intro. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, everybody's always conspiring against everybody else if you're a bad guy Transformer. That's just. That's just the that's just how how it works. I mean, and I I love that. I love that. It's like a given thing of 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 the sl- Decepticons slash Predacons. No mm-hmm. no one's like if you're not trying to work your way to the top through guile and subterfuge, something's wrong with you as a Decepticon slash Predacon. That explains Jetfire. Yeah, but yes, we we sort of pick up almost where their conversation left off before because they once again say because we both know the only thing worse than one megatron is two megatrons so i will say minor minor criticism is if if they had just said the only thing worse than one megatron and then just trailed off i think it would have been a little bit more dramatically powerful i don't remember how they did it because that was repeat they said that in the first episode too yeah but yeah, it loses a little bit hearing it again. I mean, hearing it in the first episode wasn't bad, I thought, but sort of having an immediate repeat of it in this episode was a little weird. I think it was only just so they could set up what what just immediately happens after they say it. Yeah. So, which I mean, it's it's still a little clunky, but it does yeah. kind of make uh what happens kind of a little more dramatic because of. It's kind of like it's kind of like in the Suicide Squad, which uh, did you guys see that yet? Nope. not the newest not one now. Okay, so at the very beginning, this is not a this is not a spoiler because it's like almost at the very beginning. Uh, believe it or not, there's a scene in the Suicide Squad where Amanda Waller is trying to recruit people for the Suicide Squad. Shocking. And uh, she and she says to Idris Elba. She says, and and this after they've introduced his his character, like an exposition person was like is like, you know, he was he was his father trained him from the time he was uh, five years old. Anything that he touches is a is a weapon or something like that. Like they have a very specific description of him. And then she says, this is John Cena. Um, John Cena was uh, was trained from the time that he was five years old and anything he touches is a weapon. And she says that right after right after she says each one of you w- was suspected was uh, was selected because you have a unique set of skills. And then she describes the guy's set of skills exactly as exactly as as what, you know, what Idris Elba's uh, set of skills is. And then Idris Elba is like, is that a joke? That is, you just described that he does exactly what I do after saying that we each have our own set of skills. And he just like fully explains the joke and completely 
takes any little bit of, of subtlety and humor out of it. And that's basically how the whole movie goes. Um, but uh, <laughs> other people liked it. It's okay. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, just, I wanted to throw I wanted to throw that in there as a little color commentary. But yeah, I, I think that I think that if they had just said the only thing worse than one Megatron and then trailed off, would have mm. been would have been really nice. Yeah. Okay, what happens especially next? Especially in this in the in when they're repeating here, if they did that, yeah. 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 But uh, we we get done about uh, snarling and approaching, and we we've, we've got the sword. He's got his sword. I love the looks that uh, Starscream and Black Arachne give because they just realize that there is no way he did not hear what they were just saying. Yeah. <laughs> but before he can act on it, we get an alarm and everybody starts scrambling uh, because apparently Soundwave caught one of the Maximals. So everybody's running around. Dinobot's not looking too happy as they realize that uh, Starscream and Black Arachne have made good on an escape. So... Oh, oh, I just thought of this. <laughs> so this the, the one of the reasons that I loved this episode is because a lot of it looked like the top of my dresser. Um, <laughs> this is the first time we've watched a a show where I have like a lot of the characters as figures. And specifically, <laughs> I have the the War for Cybertron versions of of a bunch of them. So. I definitely have had my black arachnia stand next to my Starscream, which <laughs> my Starscream is not uh, the War for Cybertron version, but he, he's he's like I mean the the War for Cybertron version looks like like a the the right way that Cy- the Starscream should work, and so yeah. so does mine. Um, you know, it's from like probably like the uh, Power for the Primes or something, but oh, uh, yeah. but um, but like I was like, hey, that's like on my shelf. <laughs> and uh and and there's a there's a bunch of moments in this episode where that where that happens and that it just makes me it makes me feel all good and i'm like yes this is it's like my toys are on the tv yes exactly <laughs> they must be so happy with us that we got the got you to buy the toys before the show came out the people that should be happy are the third-party amazon sellers that maybe pay like <laughs> three times the price Ooh. on some of them yeah <laughs> Yeah, I paid I, so I much for that right Dinobot. I'm so sorry, Kendall. If I had a known, I I would have picked you up one because <laughs> they were on sale for me. It yeah, been like, well, no, the, that was the problem was that I I had pre-ordered it. I think I had pre-ordered it thinking it would go down, hmm. and then either it didn't go down or I don't think it can go up. Um, I don't think it's supposed do, to be able to go up. Do Amazon? No. Yeah, so I I think I thought it was going to go down. And then it didn't go down or something. But yeah, it was like 60 bucks or something. Uh, Don't tell my wife. I no, won't. She, she knows. She just heard <laughs> me say that, probably. <laughs> All of a sudden, we heard a wang. There's a metal pan. <laughs> that sounds like a metal pan hitting skull. <laughs> uh, but yes, we, we come from the uh, angry Dinobot to the Autobots and Maximals as they are discussing things in in the arc. Uh, apparently, <laughs> apparently Primal is not overly keen on the idea of leaving Air Razor to the Decepticons and Predacons, <laughs> to which Optimus is trying to say, I'm not suggesting you abandon her, simply that we hold off on the rescue until the Allspark is in our hands and we're able to assist, which Primal is not keen on. <laughs> <laughs> so they're at a bit of a 
Yeah. Prime's like, I don't know your Megatron, but I know mine. And I know that the danger that's facing Eraser is great, but if the AllSpark is in his hands, then the danger grows astronomically. So and, so this scene gives me questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, because what, what you're about to say is, there were 200 of us, and now there's six of us. Mm-hmm. Is what is what they say. And for a second, I thought maybe they meant like that there were pods orbiting the Earth. But no, this beast, this beast war has had more casualties than previous a beast wars. A lot more. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is this has been an outright uh, war from the beginning for, for these characters, not uh, not a science, you know, like a science ship going that was called to action to chase after some uh, mm. thieves. This is, this is a full blown conflict yeah. that they've been dragged into, which to be fair, I think does explain some of the, uh, some of the characterizations that we said, like we said, the mm. feel off looking at it. It's, it's again, like how we said, like how the Michael Bay's uh, Optimus feels a little different sometimes and stuff like that. Mm. And we, and we were, un- and like we said, maybe if we went under the assumption that he has been part of a war that is, scan you know gone centuries and dwindling numbers and stuff like that like we're looking at the same thing these people weren't just uh a science team brought into a conflict on another planet this is a war that they had to fight for from the very beginning that has Mm -hmm. taken a large amount of casualties so my question is were there all so we knew there were 200 maximals Mm -hmm. and we know that that uh that Megatron is like we're are we don't have very many people were there and and in and later in this episode we do see Scorpionox so mm. this whole time were there four Predacons against two hundred Maximals and then no. and they got them down to six I th- so something I noticed and I'm I'm so you know how we have like the Cogs and whatnot is sort of like the the grunts in these series like the, uh-huh the repeats mm-hmm. i'm gonna i'm gonna spoil it a little bit for you here kendall scorpionok is like that oh uh, cool yeah yeah so there there's more than one score i've seen more than one scorpionok in 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 this season okay yeah well that's that makes and, sense and i think even megatron in this episode says that their their ranks were decimated as well so mm-hmm. i think um like even like there's been some comments like i uh, Dinobot mentions just like for a ragtag band of thieves or something at one point during his, you know, talking with Air Razor. I think like the people who stole the disc like was just like a small group like you know Dinobot, Megatron, Black Arachne and that. And then they kind of like because they stole the disc, they banded together a large group of Predacons and that started the war and that kind of just whittled them down. Yeah, mm, that makes sense. I like my version better though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it. To fact, the fact that it, it, it that uh, let's say that at least Megatron, uh, Black Arachnia, and and Dinobot have been the core fighters of this battle from the very beginning. You know, they've that means they've survived a lot. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's 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 pretty extraordinary in, in its own right. And I'm gonna, without getting into details of what happens later on in the season, it's. It's a testament to both sides how far they've come. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, 
but we'll get into that as as the season progresses. We do get a, a moment where Mirage is like, wait, there's just the five of you? And Redcap's <laughs> like, no, there's Air Razor, so that makes six. <laughs> yeah, he and he actually comforts uh, Tigatron, which, yes. again, I like how they, they establish very, you know, very early on that they're still in a relationship. They still yeah. care for one another, and they're important to one another. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so... Bumblebee pipes in and says that they can spare a few bots, and Optimus tasks RC with forming a strike team to accompany the Maximals, and that uh, Optimus's focus will remain on the Allspark. Uh, Primal thanks off Prime for the the assistance, and and uh, says that uh, Rhinox will stay on board to help them, and that he's pretty bright, and you should listen to him. <laughs> and Rhinox is like, bring her home, boss. So that was pretty cool uh and then this is where we get our first uh instance where primal's like maximals autobots maximize and then the others just sort of like cuts the hound that yeah. mean transform <laughs> i love that it's great <laughs> amazing so yeah like, that's like, pretty good oh it's so perfect it's like i feel like i've been waiting all my life for this <laughs> yeah the, just just the the look on Hound's face where he's like trying to puzzle that out is, is pretty good too. Yeah. It's like that meme where they're like, you know, Oh, you said Endgame was the biggest crossover of all times. And then you like show the picture of all these people. Oh, it's so great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, from here, we, we cut to air razor as uh, they're trapped in a cell with bindings on their wrist. I really, I really, really like the, the character model for Air Racer it looks really good. Mm-hmm. But uh, Mega, or okay, how am I? Okay, pre, how am I gonna do this? Megatron, who is a T Rex. I usually <laughs> refer to him as Beast Megatron. Yeah, we'll go with Beast Megatron. I was trying to think of Predatron, and then I'm like, no, that doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so Beast Megatron is, is you know trying to coax air razor into to talking and talks about how they've decimated the predacon ranks is he trying to coax her into talking i think he's just monologuing and having fun well a little bit but you know he's also torturing her too which doesn't really help so yeah because doesn't she even say he's like i she she says i will not talk and he's like i don't care yeah (laughs) (laughs) i do not expect you to talk air razor i expect you to die well, he does mention that the Decepticons had all the best toys. Yeah. But yes, so so yes, Megatron. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he even says this was like she, he's like she's like I I'm not gonna tell you anything. He's like I'm not asking anything. I'm just doing this for fun. Yeah. To which then Dinobot pipes in. He's like, don't you think she's had enough? Yeah. He's like, no. He's like, but I've had enough of your insubordination. Heyo. <laughs> but. Dinobot, you know, tries to convince him that, you know, he's been loyal from the beginning, to which Megatron is like, yes. And he's like, that's why I haven't yet smelted you for treason. I was like, but question me again, and I'll happily revisit that decision. So we then get uh, Black Arachnia popping in as uh, she asks if she's interrupting something, to which Dinobot, you know, growls, and then Megatron goes off with her. And she gives him a little, you know, glance as they walk away. But uh, then we get a bit of a moment between Air Razor and Dinobot. And, you know, 
Dinobot at first is like, well, I have to follow orders. And then we hear some electricity crackling again, fortunately. Um, but yes, then we come back to Beast Megatron as he goes into the bridge and goes to talk with Megatron. It's like, <laughs> he's like, Lord Megatron, you summoned me. He's like, Megatron. He's like, you're going to have to do something about that name. <laughs> I I do like the the little the little aside here where where he where Fredicon Megatron counters I wear it with honor mm. and immediately Megatron is like you wear it with my honor yes <laughs> yeah and he's like change it <laughs> and Beast Megatron is like, uh but uh, Megatron is you know he he's managed to start decoding the disc and. He says that uh, Beast Megatron will be rewarded for all of this. Of course, Beast Megatron asks how much he's heard, and he's like, only what I need to complete my mission and return to Cybertron triumphant. Megatron's like, oh, very wise. Excessive knowledge of future events is the most common reason new timelines fail. And hold on. That's an interesting thing. What do you mean? (laughs) What do you mean there? Most timelines fail. What? I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense that they know something about time travel since they know that they had to travel back in time with the golden disc and all this. Hmm. So, so they must have, they must be at a point in in Cybertronian history to understand some things of of time travel. Mm-hmm. But that's still kind of interesting with the fact that wait, you know that timelines can fail and messing with it can be that catastrophic, and yet you still did this. Yeah. Oh, I got I have a I have a note about that. I have a statistic yes. about that. Did you guys know that nine out of ten new timelines fail within the first five years? That explains so much. Isn't that kind of a confirmation bias though? <laughs> <laughs> I wrote down that joke. That's I'm I apologize. No, you don't. Yeah, if you if you ever if you ever played um oh uh, what is it? Uh the non area games uh, series of of uh, of uh, of like they're like basically escape room games with like some interesting story elements to it like nine doors nine hours nine people uh, and virtue's last reward and and I think the last what was the last one called jeez I just played it too but they literally talk about how like there's the the uh, this one principle where like basically like the idea that well it had to work this way because you survived it just means that that's the only timeline it worked. You know, like mm. the fact that you survived, it means that and you are alive just kind of just pro- is kind of like a recursive uh, proof, because otherwise, if it didn't work, you wouldn't be here. Yeah. So it's like it's like it's not mm. like saying like that, that it has to be that. It's just saying that this is the only one that worked. Otherwise, we'd all be dead or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Speaking of escape rooms, I'm just going to regurgitate a joke I read on the Internet today. Uh, I saw a hard drive article because Facebook is. I think it's because it's the only thing that Facebook's like recommends to me that I haven't blocked. Um, but uh, I get a lot of the hard drive articles that Facebook pushes to me. It said um, new escape rooms. Uh, first challenge is finding five people to do an escape room with you. Yes. <laughs> okay. I'll stop interrupting. Go, go ahead. Go ahead, Greg. Where, where right. were we talking about beast wars? Uh, yeah. 
So, so we've got we've got the two Megatrons talking about uh, the data that's been downloaded from Teletran, and the information from his future self that makes failure quite impossible, because now he knows where the AllSpark is hidden and what he must do to take it. And then we get the door opening, but nobody's there. And then it closes, and then we've got oh, Starscream's got cloak technology now, yeah. and now he's got the coordinates for the AllSpark, and he's headed for Black Arachnia. <laughs> yeah, telling her, telling her he's heading to the rendezvous point because he's got the coordinates for the AllSpark. Yeah, and she says, "Oh, I underestimated you." He's like, "Everyone does." <laughs> he even sighs it too. Yeah, like he, he's he's not like saying it like as like a a as like you know as a cool line. He's saying it's like, "God damn it, everyone does." Yeah. Do they though? To an extent, yeah. I think everyone does, or at least they don't expect him to do to do something correctly very often. But, like, I mean, but like, that's not underestimating. That's like the correct estimating. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't, I don't think of Starscream as like, like, if you want to say somebody that, that gets underestimated in this, uh, series, it's shockwave. I mean, in the first two seasons like that, oh, he's yeah. the person that, that, that Megatron, you know, underestimated. And then, and then let himself get manipulated into killing all of the Cybertronians. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so it's not not underestimating, but exceeding lowered expectations. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Basically, because, everyone thinks thinks they can handle him, or yeah. that he he's not he's not going to do, or he's not going to be clever. I mean, to be fair, that is my goal when podcasting. <laughs> is to exceed people's lower expectations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> A noble uh, goal. Yes. Someday uh, I'll someday I'll meet it. <laughs> we we cut to Rhinox who is working on the Ark, and he's wondering how they even managed to get off the planet with this ancient equipment. Like even down to like in the 90s series they spoke of the arc with like reverence and how you know well, it wasn't built it was poured and now they're like man what is no, this hunk of junk i think no i think it was more like just the fact that it was it's like a it's like a uh an old you know like an old car you know like the chassis and stuff like that like you could probably like crash it through five trees and it would not get a dent Mm-hmm. But you definitely wouldn't want to be able to you you're not gonna be able to plug your iPhone into it. Greg, it's uh, it's like one of those kinds of things. In the nineties series, those that was the G one arc. So it was die cast, <laughs> it was it was made really well. This that's is the true. War for Cybertron arc. Oh yeah, that's it's right. It's made with like cheap plastic, it probably shatters, it's it's yeah. overly complicated, transforming. And even know. then they mentioned that the technology was old and very hard to work with compared to what they wanted to like even when they made a base converting uh like around it converting some of the defenses and stuff to help them was a chore to try and and mesh the two technologies together it's just it's just a gap in how things work which which i really really like because so much in i mean i don't know if you would i guess technically transformers is sci-fi because it's robots and aliens but um, time travel and that like sort a of weird stuff yeah i guess it's sci-fi concepts it's just like it's also i i would all i would put it in the fantasy realm as well because it's so over the top and so alien but yeah uh 
and that's why sci-fi and fantasy actually are kind of similar dumb people um <laughs> what was i saying oh uh but a lot of times in those inside in sci-fi or fantasy uh or you have two different stories that take place hundreds of years apart and the technology is exactly the same. Mm. I really like uh, in those stories, if they're able to show advancements in technology, like yeah. real, like real major advancements in technology, uh, because then, then you're basically, I mean, this is, this is even, even this is, is a little bit simpler because it's like, you're not really showing the technology. Like both, both groups, can kind of achieve the same things. It's just a matter of like, you know, maybe the Maximals can, the Maximals, they, they know the trick to just like fly there. Whereas the, the Autobots have to go through dead space. Yes. Um, you, you know, so, so there's like slight differences, but it's, it's a, it's, I don't know. It's a world building thing. I think it's, it's more challenging if you're in a situation like this to have to build two separate worlds. Mm. Um, as opposed to, and so, uh, but there still should be some change in, you know, I almost wonder like if, uh, if, if Beast Megatron being like, you know, nine out of 10 timelines fail within the first five years, uh, <laughs> if, if him saying that to, to Megatron, if Megatron like does a double take, he's like, wait, you guys, you actually have like, you actually understand how time travel works. <laughs> like you have, you, you took, you took time travel class in, in high school. Like you have verified results, you have you have do, you have done done practical application of time travel theory, right? Mm. Right, right. It's 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 literally it's the butterfly. You you have tested the butterfly effect in controlled yeah. uh, controlled environments. <laughs> oh, now I'm just imagining like a, a Mr. Wizard TV show TV show on Cybertron showing time experiments, but still saying, "Now kids, don't try this at home without an adult's permission." And it's like a robot butterfly, <laughs> like a very small robot butterfly that he, he makes it flap its wings slightly differently. And then like on the other side of the cage, it turns into like Hitler. <laughs> I was going to say a Quintesson, but yeah, same thing. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Robo Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> uh. But yes, we we get Rhinox who's trying to get the the sensors online for for Wheeljack and it's not working. So Rhinox does the universal fix it and just slams his fist down on the console and that makes it work. <laughs> Wheeljack seems rather uh, happy about that and Rhinox is like, well, I guess sometimes the brawn tops the brains. But yes, they uh, they seem to be finding potential landing sites for the Allspark. And if they could just find the space bridge that brought the, the, the Allspark there, then they could triangulate. But they're also going to need that space bridge to get home. Yeah, because uh, Ratchet mentions that they don't think they could survive another passage through the dead universe. Yes. Which sparks an like, idea for Rhinox. Yeah, he's like, oh, he's like, that explains it. He's like, didn't realize you went through that. And he pushes some buttons. buttons. <laughs> yep, and everything comes back online. Wheels acts like, what? What did you do? He's like, where I'm from, we know better than to use the dead universe for interstellar travel. I just picture like I just picture like uh, like Rhinox being like the janitor at a at an Ivy League school, and then like he walks up to the chalk chalkboard and like makes a few marks and and, and says something like that. It was like, wait, you figured it out, you solved it. 
Yeah, because Wheeljack here is like, are you some kind of super genius? Yep. Yep. <laughs> and then oh. and then and then Rat Trap says to Rhinox, every day the best part of my day is that that few seconds that I go up to your spaceship door and you're not and I think maybe you're not going to be there. <laughs> oh my! Tomorrow I'm going to wake up and I'm going to be fifty cycles. <laughs> Uh, but yes, Move, moving on, we've got a conversation between R.C. and Bumblebee. Uh, R.C. saying that they're nearly in position, but the, the planet's wildly varying terrains has proven hard to navigate. Hold on, hold on. And then Rhinox is out at the bars and he sees uh, Silverbolt hitting on Black Arachnia. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I don't know. That's that's that's. I, I just wait for the demo. He says, "Hey, Silverbolt, do you like apples?" Oh God! And he says, "My filters will adjust." And he says, "Well, I just got a number. <laughs> How do you like them apples?" Okay, sorry, sorry. I hope that this stuff that I'm saying is funny to people listening and not just to me. Oh, I'm sure people will. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I never know. I never know. That's the problem with podcasting is you never know how the audience is reacting. Well, if folks follow us on Twitter and Facebook, they can let us know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, 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 we got to uh, Cheetor and Tigatron as they're climbing up a hill and Optimus and Rat Trap seem to be doing okay. And the rest of the Autobots are at the bottom and they're like, uh... oh, this is so, that seems so good. Yeah, I love it. I love. I love that they're like, uh, RC's like, yeah. Uh, it's it's diff- this this changing terrain, which I really wanted them to just cut to like the the complete barren deserts of season one of Beast Wars. Mm. <laughs> but she says this this planet's ever changing terrain is difficult. She's like, for some of us. <laughs> she reads that line well. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, it's such a great moment. Oh, yeah, because the, the, so yeah, the image they cut to them of basically all of them just sitting around looking absolutely, well, tired or just frustrated at the bottom of that hill of that mountain is is wonderful. Like it, yeah. it, it they they it's a very good encapsulation of exactly what's going on. Mm-hmm. The other the other thing that I noticed um, and, uh, you know, I watched this on my on my projector on my wall. So it was extra super big. But maybe it's and maybe it is just because these are the characters from Beast Wars, a, you know, a a, a show from literally 25 years ago. So, like, I'm used to seeing the very, very, very basic anime uh, visual visuals of that. Mm-hmm. This episode had a number of scenes, including this one, that were just they were just gorgeous. Like they looked like they looked like something like there were there were a couple of screenshots that I was that it was like. It was like on the level of some of the really good fan art that Jordan finds yes. um, for our for our episode screenshots and or our question screenshots, whatever he uses those for. But like, you know, occasionally I you have like to... something that's like and it looks like it's like something that somebody did like a fancy painting, but it's just a moment in the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this just yeah, this episode just looked beautiful. Speaking of fancy, I haven't had to do that lately, but I've yeah. mostly been using screenshots from from the episodes. Yeah, probably because the, the episodes look good. Yeah, because and, um, and this is the first episode I think that we've seen a lot of. I guess we did a little bit last week, but we, where we've seen a lot of like the landscape and and everything. It's not just it's not just like 
roboty robot stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And we get a pretty cool scene as we we transition and we've got Megatron looking on at sector twelve. And it's like this greenish color. So you know something's off. And it's just sort of look and everything's sort of skewing and warping and he's looking around and then he's inside the city. And he's he's got the 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 He's got the matrix strapped to his chest still, and then he sees the allspark. He reaches for it, and it keeps moving out of his grasp as he tries to grab for it. He he manages to get it, but turns out it's not the allspark. It's Magnus's head. (laughs) It's weird. Drops into the sand. It starts to flow down, and then he's caught in this quicksand sort of pit that drags him under as he screams and then wakes up on the bridge. And he immediately rips off the Matrix and tosses it aside. Yeah. Like he, I like, I just like, like he just thinks like it's, it's your fault that I've had that dream and just <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I, I think that, I think that he, my head canon is that the cold open for this was all, was another vision that he had. I think he had, I, I think he had the vision of the of them stealing the golden disc. I think that it's that like the matrix and the golden disc and stuff is causing him to have weird visions of the past and the future and to know things that he shouldn't know. I mean, it, it's, it's in line. He had one last time with uh, Galvatron too. Supposedly yeah. that he had that as a vision as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Back when he was in the dead universe. No, when they right, first right, yeah, on, the, yeah, the Galvatron Nemesis, thing where, yeah, he, cause that's where Galvatron a, got pulled back and was talking to Unicron. Yeah, yeah, because that's like a thing. Yeah, that's a thing with the stuff. It makes <laughs> sense. Everything makes sense. Yeah, um, we get Megatron uh, radioing the sound wave. He's like, "Inform." He's like, "Ah, crap." He's like, "I'm about to say that guy's name again." Inform Mega, the Predacon leader. I am moving up the timeline <laughs> and to make preparations. <laughs> yeah, uh. yeah. Pred- he calls him Predacon leader. I, I really it would have been really cool if he um if he called him some, if he came up with another name uh mm. like if he called it what's the T Rex what's the Dinobot T Rex called oh uh, Grimlock? Grimlock Grimlock yeah if he just if he's like tell Matt tell Grimlock <laughs> and then he's just Grimlock for the rest of the series mm. or something or something I don't know something cool like that would have been kind of funny too if we if he had have said inform Megatron and then if Soundwave said, okay, I'm informing you that, that we need to make <laughs> that would have been great. Uh, but you know, you know, that's more of like Soundwave doing that would be more of a joke too. And, and that would just be so out of place. I mean, I could imagine that conversation happening, but if Megatron was like immediately, like, I didn't know you had a sense of humor. Hmm. Right, right. Well, and that's that's the nice thing. That's I mean, that's a this is an instance of them kind of playing with the the two Megatrons thing. I just think they're doing the two Megatrons thing and the two Optimus thing so well. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, the the two the two Megatrons thing, like playing with it and and showing a little bit of restraint. Unlike unlike when they said the only thing worse than two Megatrons is a, or uh, than one Megatron is two Megatrons. Mm-hmm. So we then cut to Air Razor and Dinobot as uh, Air Razor's like, I'm not going to try and tell you how to do your job, but it's been a few cycles and you only zapped me that one time. 
<laughs> and then Dinobot. Dinobot tur- turns around and she's like, oh, did I wake you? Yeah, and... did I wake you? Yeah. <laughs> she starts talking about soaring through the sky and seeing everything from a distant height. And that makes one a keen observer. <laughs> and Dinobot's like, and? <laughs> she's like, and I think there might be something bothering you. <laughs> to which Dinobot is a bit hesitant at first. And he's like, well, aren't you perceptive? She sort of presses him. And he's like, why would I tell you? He's like, and she, you know, she's like, because you want to. And Dinobot starts talking about how, you know, Megatron wanted to bring them back to this point, the most pivotal point in the Autobot and Decepticon story. And he's like, now we've changed it. We've changed Cybertron for the better. Crazy plan for a bunch of thieves. It's like, but eventually I went along with it. And the Air Razor digs in and dragged us with it. So, yeah. again, mentioning how this became a huge conflict that much, much, much different than what it was for uh, for uh, uh, the 90s Beast Wars cartoon. Yes. And yet, with everything that's going on, he still feels like something's wrong. So, Air Razor gets up and she, she approaches the, the door and she's like, if you can't see what's changed, then maybe what's changed is you. There's always one asshole in the room, and if you don't know who that is, then maybe it's you. <laughs> we do get a pretty cool scene, and this sort of lends. Well, I don't want. I don't oh. want to say it lends itself back to the '90s thing, but but Air Razor, because Dinobot says, "Well, I'm a Predacon," and Air Razor is like, "Well, it doesn't have to be binary," which is yeah, which is like Predacon or Maxible, Autobot or Decepticon. Maybe you want to go your own way. Sometimes be your you can. Sometimes yeah. he can't be non-binary. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> it works so far. It's been working so far. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good to hear that. Yeah. I, my, my, my niece actually asked, asked me about it too. It was kind of funny. And she, and she was like, are you sure it's okay? Cause I mentioned when I talked about it on Facebook, it's like, I'm still fine with uncle and, and nephew. Cause I know my, both my uncle likes calling me nephew and, and I do like my nieces calling me uncle and, she just wanted to be sure, like, it's okay if I still call you Uncle Jordan. And I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Because, oh. and I, I also told her, it's also because, like, I actually looked up. There is no good non-binary terms for, uh, like, ne- you know, for, like, the uh, nephew, like niece, parents, and uncle sibling. and things. Yeah. yeah, for, like, a parent-sibling thing. Yeah. Like, there's been suggestions of, like, nibbling or, or something like that. And it's like, no, that's... Mm, yeah. <sighs> But that's a tangent. Uh, yeah. I also did like um, her talking about it. Does like we mentioned? I think we mentioned this way back in when we did uh, talked about Earthrise and the and the toys. Mm-hmm. How they came with like a golden disc card that mentions yes. a pos- one of possible futures for mm-hmm. each of the characters of Kingdom, and yeah. one of the possible futures for Dinobot was him being a leader of an allied Maximal Decepticon force. Yep. Like he, this mm. does this hints at him wanting to, you know, not not so much as like end the thing as like not having the lines drawn as as being his own bot as doing doing what is right f- for Cybertron or for for everyone instead of for Predacons or for Maximals. Yeah, and we do get a, a nice little bit here as well where Dinobot asks her why she's being so nice to him, and she's like, just because I want to be, and then. He's sort of like, I I have to go. <laughs> <laughs> and starts walking away. But 
I thought that was a really good, like, I think of all the scenes that we had in this episode, I think that was probably the best one that I liked. Yeah, it was a very good character moment. Yeah. And then it kind of gets a little bit ruined when you when he walks away and you see that little uh, green thing on him. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, well, I mean, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. But uh, we, we cut outside the, the nemesis now as we've got the, uh, the Maximals sort of looking on. We've got uh, Hound who activ- activates a device and masks their Energon signatures from their sensors. So they, they're they talking about the strategy, how they're going to get an air razor. Tigertron is like, I say we just bash in the front door. And <laughs> Primal's like, no, we stick to the plan. <laughs> Tigertron's like, ah. So Primal sends Rat Trap in, which is a good move. Rat Trap yeah. is... And then his rat form, and it's, uh, he scurries through the hallways, and you know is checking everything out. Uh, we do get a moment where we see Astro Chain uh, coming down the hallway, and Rat Trap is a little freaked out at first, and then uh, Astro Train uh, he's like, "What are you doing here?" And Dynamo's like, "Oh, yeah, the uh, the, the Maximal, she's fine." Astro Train's just sort of like, mm, and then you know. And then we've got Rat Trap hanging from a light on the ceiling. Now, I want to point out, why did he transform the, the hang from... Because I think he could have reached it as a mouse. And second of all, I think if he stuck to the mouse form, there was a small, small chance that Astrotrine might have think that he was a regular mouse, because they're still not used to all the Maximals yet. Mm. Sure. I mean, it's it was a very it would be a very big risk, but I still think he might have been able to pull it off. Probably, yeah. I would agree with that. But, uh, Where, whereas d- if he saw a robot clinging to a, a lamp, I think that kind of would definitely give up the ghost of what's going on. Oh, God, yes. But uh, we get Dinobot approaching Black Arachnia, and she's like, oh, that's close enough. And he's like, we need to talk. She doesn't seem overly enthused at the idea. She's like, uh, look, I don't know what you think you heard. And he's like, what I heard was you and Starscream plotting against Megatron. And she's like, uh... And he's like, you know, it's incredible to the Autobots, the Septicons died out so long ago, and he looked around, and all I see are ghosts. The ship is a ghost. Starscream is a ghost. And Starscream's like, you have no idea, and then he appears right beside Dinobot with a gun pointed at his head. <laughs> but, uh, he's like, told you we should have killed him. He's like, no, no. He's like, I'm saying if someone other than the Autobots and the Septicons get it, get the Allspark, then maybe this is how we save everyone. By rejecting the us versus them fight, by throwing away the labels and choosing to be our own bots. He's like, I, I don't want to stop you. He's like, I want to come with you. I want to help. So, in the way, Eraser's speech sort of put him on a track. I mean, I think, I think, uh, part of it is, I know, I, I don't think Dinobots naive enough to know that even having them have the AllSpark might not be the best of ideas. Because mm-hmm. they're they're based they're they're mostly shell, selfish reasons. And she know, he knows especially for a star screen that it's mostly for selfish reasons. Oh yeah. Maybe Black Arachnia might be on the up and up, but it's still a gamble because he cause she's already betrayed him once, so she he's not too sure about her reasons. Yeah. And his reasons are just to end the war, which mm-hmm. so like if he has to join with the other people who are basically not trying to fight for. Maximals or Predacons, you know, Maximals or Predacons, Autobots or Decepticons, 
then that's just what he's going to have to do to to further what he wants to do. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like his intentions are a bit more noble than theirs, for sure, which bodes well. Yeah. So we we then cut to Air Razor as uh, Rat Trap uh, makes an entrance, and she's like, it's about time. He's like, hey, I risked my neck to save your tin-plated feathers, and this is how I get greeted. And she's like, uh... And then we, we get our first sight of Scorponok. It's... As he appears behind Rat Trap, and then we've got Aster Train who shows up as well. It's like, oh crap! And apparently Megatron foresaw this happening. Right to the mm-hmm. last detail, as we've got Beast Megatron as well as a group of Decepticons with who have cut Primal and all of those folks. And he's like, yes, just as Megatron foretold. I would ask if you have any lofty last words, but I know better than that, Primal. <laughs> so. He's getting ready to finish him off and says goodbye. And then it's like, wait, no. Megatron orders them to fire. But then we cut back to Rat Trap, who is sort of freaked out a little bit. Uh, and Astro Shane's like, he knows every move, your little team up on the North Bridge. And uh, Rat Trap's like, well, how did you get, how did you scan through the Energon blocker of Hound? He's like, we didn't. Yeah, the ship like, sensors aren't even operational. And Mirage is like, oh, well, I guess I didn't need this then. <laughs> <laughs> and he decloaks and just socks Astro Train. Yes. It's a, good, it's, a, it's a good move where, like, just because you know the future doesn't mean you know everything. Yeah. Because uh, then we've got Rat Trap who's taken on Scorponok and sort of puts him into a sleeper hold. Although I don't think that really works with robots. But, I mean, mm. he gets him onto the ground. So, uh Big. I mean, they're techno organic or whatever. Yeah. They yeah. they got they've got a fuel pump somewhere. It may as well be on their neck. Sure enough. Yeah. Uh, Beast Megatron uh, is ordering the Decepticons to fire, and the Decepticons are so, like, "Oh, sorry, go ahead, Jordan." Uh, I was gonna say, as I mentioned, there was like little uh, messages on the web page that about uh, how the th- things there. Barricade's message was uh, basically was he had to accept orders from a new commander. Mm. That didn't work. Nope. Yeah, because he starts immediately arguing with Beast Megatron. He's like, we don't take orders from Predacons. Megatron's not overly happy about that and just grabs up one of the Seekers and tosses him aside and transforms into his T-Rex mode. (laughs) And Autobots and Maximals start escaping as fire people start shooting at them. We've got Primal with a gun and uh, we then cut back to Mirage and Rat Trap as they're trying to you know, battle their way out, but uh, then all of a sudden, Astro Train tells Scorpionock to stand down. We're like, what? And then we come to realize, oh, wait. Scorpionock's looking confused. Rat Trap's sort of like, uh, and then we realize, oh, wait, Astro Train's knocked out behind Mirage, who is now pretending to be Astro Train. Yeah, oh, we, oh. Get, we get a scene from uh, Air Razor's point of view, and you can see basically two Astro Trains, one's unconscious behind the other Astro Train, so that, to basically confirm that for us. Yeah. Yes, we, we get a, a moment where Rat Trap goes to the controls, there's this scene where I like how like, Rat Trap actually kind of figures it out almost immediately, though. Yeah. Like, the only one who doesn't who doesn't fall, like, I mean, is suspicious, but doesn't, you know, do anything about it, is Scorpionock. Yeah. Which I guess makes sense because Scorpionock's always been one of those types that is he's a a soldier who follows orders. So oh, he's gain orders. Yeah. 
yes, we we get Rattrap who who manages to release the the restraints for Air Razor and after some trouble, yeah, and opens the door and then we get Astrotrain and Scorponok both knocked into the cell as Rattrap hits the red button to turn the the, the door back on. <laughs> Air Razor even understands the controls better than Rattrap. Yeah. Uh, we then cut outside to the, the firefight going on. Uh, Megatron has the high ground, but apparently it doesn't seem to really matter too much at this point because Primal's more worried about them coming down. And sure enough, then they start coming down. <laughs> and everybody's a little worried as there's a bit of smoke that appears from all the rubble and debris as Megatron and the others charge out of the dust. And uh, we see Hound get shot, Megatron... Knocks RC over, but then Primal in his gorilla mode jumps onto Megatron's back, but quickly gets knocked off. Uh, uh, it was a wonderful moment of a of a of an ape riding a dinosaur. I mean, yes, it's every '90s comic cover come true. Pretty much, but uh, just as things look grim, we we get a revving engine sound approaching as Megatron growls, and then sure enough. We've got our our protector, our hero, Optimus Prime, driving out of the forest and starts shooting Decepticons left, right, and center as Air Razor and Rat Trap and Mirage come to save the day and shoot the others. Megatron realizes he's outnumbered now. <laughs> like he tried to rally them, but that's that's about the time when Mirage, Air Razor, and Rat Trap showed up, right? Yes. Yeah. Like, he does his, like, why are you running? We still outnumber them. And then they showed up, and it's like, oh, dang. Yeah. And we do get a sweet moment of uh, reunion between Air Razor, and Air Razor and Tigertron as she goes in and gives him a big hug. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. And that, that uh yeah, that, that battle scene, I got distracted when you guys were talking about it, but uh it uh there there were a bunch of moments where, it was like that if you just took a screenshot of that, like it was it was like the best painting of my that I've ever it was the Mona Lisa <laughs> of Transformers. Like yeah. it's 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 like it was like one of those old uh um cardboard backing scenes yes. to to G one cartoon things. You know how I I wish I could find one very specifically to show you, Kendall, but the uh the artist that they used to have for like the, the promo materials and the backings for G ones were some were really great. Like they they were some mm-hmm. awesome paintings and stuff like that. And it just and there were moments in this fight that it felt like like that. Like one yeah, of those exactly. Scenes. Yeah, I I just like, I can't G.I. Joe how... too. I think they had the same kind of artists do those mm-hmm. kinds of things too. So like yeah, can't believe how yeah I can't believe how visually stunning some of this uh, some of this episode has been. Speaking of G.I. Joe, I, that just occurred to me. You know, I was pretty into G.I. Joe when I was a, a young kid. There's an alternate universe where. Uh, um uh somebody or, or somebody named uh uh see now i'm like uh where somebody named craig goes yeah. on to the uh the, the the facebook group and is like who wants to start a gi joe podcast oh yeah and i joined that because i was when i it was when i was younger but i was real into real into gi joes for <laughs> a for a time they probably would have started it after finishing moderately occupied bungalow. I would surmise. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yes, we, we get a moment where Cheetor is saying Megatron's getting away and Primal's like, well, we got what we came for. 
and RC thanks Optimus for for the save. He's like, well, Megatron is not here. He's like, I fear that he has already located the AllSpark. And she's like, if only we knew where he was headed. And I, I, like, I do like do. how they 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 do the logic thing of like, well, how do you know that Megatron's not here? He's like, well, we would have been fighting him if he was. Yep. Right, right. But uh, Primal says, we do know where, where he's headed. And everybody's just like, did you think I'd let myself get captured for nothing? <laughs> and that's where we learned what that little green thing on his shoulder was. Oh, oh man. man. I love this. Out. I love this scene. Like, and Primal is like, well, you know, we needed your muscle. Uh, so we had to make you think she was in real danger. <laughs> Prime oh. overly enthused by that at first. But uh, she's got reads on Soundwave, Megatron, Starscream, even Dinobot. It looks like they're all in the same place. And that place looks pretty darn familiar, if you remember Beast Wars lore. But apparently it's a little bit different this time around. Yeah. It looks like a, a valley with a whole lot of jungle or forest in it. But Prime is like, well, that's where we need to be. And It's not just the, the valley. It's in the crater, which yes. I think also is very telling for for this series what what might have happened yeah but uh auto he prime tells the autobots and maximals to roll out and i'm like see this is where we should have had a moment where, where cheetah or tigatron or somebody would have been like they would have been like well how, do we get in them <laughs> <laughs> we could have had a gorilla riding on top of a truck it would have been great this is such a good episode. Oh, yeah. Oh, we, we, we cut to uh, a shuttle as it's approaching this valley with these swirling clouds and a structure in the middle of it. And Megatron is once again wearing the, the matrix of leadership as we cut to credits. Interesting episode. Yep. I love Megatron just having it like having that matrix of leadership just strapped to his chest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he has not gotten around to like putting on it, putting in a little holder in his chest or whatever. Uh, you know, he didn't get redesigned by the matrix so that it had a spot for him or whatever. No, it's just strapped to his chest. Like, mm. oh, it's, I love it. I like how that's kind of just par for course, too, because if you remember, Galvatron just had it on a chain around his neck. Yep. <laughs> he didn't he did. bother to do anything special for it either. It's very true. Uh, but yes, interesting episode. So, so Kendall, you thought that this is like the best so far. I, I, I don't even know. I mean, I've, <laughs> I've enjoyed a lot. I've enjoyed a lot. It's so it's hard to say whether it's the best, mm-hmm. but this was a great this was this was everything that i hoped kingdom would be right on. um and i i all the voice actors i'm on board with now um there was like one or two lines that optimus primal delivered that didn't quite land for me and i think mm-hmm. i i do wish that they had put some kind of effect on his voice to make him sound a little bit more yeah. robot-y um but with dinobot i wish they i i wish with the dinobot voice actor they I I don't want like an imitation of Scott McNeil, but I wouldn't have minded like some of the mannerisms, like the <laughs> sort the of growl, deal, the growls yeah. and snarls. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, I th- I th- yeah no, I I was a hundred percent on board with the Dinobot voice. It's interesting that you say that 
because I feel like he did have some of those those mannerisms. I mean, um, we definitely got some growls, but I think it would have been nice if it had been incorporated a mm-hmm. bit more into the lines. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I just, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, yeah, which is fine. You can nitpick, and that's your favorite character, so yeah. I can understand why you would be particular about it. But uh, yeah, no, I, I liked him. I liked him a lot. I think it's a really just, just the, which Predacons they're using has been a really interesting choice, and that the I think this is the maybe the first this is like the first Transformers anything that I've seen where they you know introduce good guys and bad guys and the bad guys are getting more development than the good guys. I feel like Black Arachnia mm-hmm. and Dinobot have have had more character development than any of the of the Animal Beast Wars characters. It's just, but but it's be, but it's because they know that a lot of the viewers know those characters, yeah. and so they're just kind of letting them act as themselves rather than have having to, you know, create them. So the you know the especially especially uh, Dinobot and, and Black Arachnia, while they're not while they're not like out of acting out of character based on what we've known from them, they are clearly in a different place, in a different status quo, and so we need to spend a little bit more time on that. And that, that's what they do. Cause yeah. the people that wrote the thing are good. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, I, I just, um, yeah. And I'm, I'm fully on board with the, with the voice actors. Now I was, I was a little bit, I was a little bit on the fence about it. Um, and there were some really bad deliveries in this episode, yeah. but that was, a, that's its charm. You know, like, like uh, something like this, Something like this, it is perfectly fine if they make a joke and it doesn't land, or if they do something that's supposed to be that's supposed to be uh, serious and it comes out funny. Like I'm totally on board for that. I just want to see the characters that we've been, you know, that we've been hanging out with for these first two seasons. I want to see them hanging out with the characters that I know from Beast Wars, and that's exactly what has been happening. Yep. Um, and I just I cannot be I'm I'm. I'm on, I'm ecstatic. (laughs) Jordan, what were your thoughts on the episode? I thought this was a pretty good, uh, you know, continuation, a ramp up to everything, basically really solidifying what this, a good tone for this, you know, for the season. Yeah. Uh, It definitely, like, I, I, we mentioned, I don't know if we, I forget if we said this on air or not, like, I actually ended up watching the episode right after this just because, you know, like, not only did I have time, but I was just kind of in, in such a mood that this one set me in that I just thought, okay, well, I might as well watch the next one while I'm at it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Kendall, there's pr- the, the opening scene. You're probably going to be slightly disappointed by one thing. Uh-oh. But, <laughs> but, um, still, you know, like it's, do they, it's, do they turn into optimal? Does he turn into optimal optimist at the beginning of the next episode? No, <laughs> no, thankfully um, but, you don't have to worry about that. But, yeah, this this is this is this is good. I I really am enjoying this. I enjoy this take. I enjoy that they are firmly setting that this is yes, this is another timeline. These are the characters, but not the characters. You know, mm-hmm. like they're actually doing, they're actually going out of their way to give subtle nods to to the original series, but still making them their own thing. Yes, very much so. You know, like they're not trying they're not trying to to cram it all together to definitely be that. But they are like, well, yes, there are some things, but we're also got, you know, other things that we're doing with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really I really 
just I really appreciate I really appreciate that as well. Um, because mm-hmm. because and I and I wasn't sure how it was gonna feel because this is the first new Beast Wars content that we've you know that we've seen in in a million years. I mean, yeah, you know, even even though I mean even even though technically like I there was some Beast Wars stuff that that I hadn't watched prior to the um prior to the podcast, you know, it was all like the stuff that we were watching was a continuation of the stuff from my of of my childhood, you know. Yep. Uh you know, even if I hadn't seen every episode, I knew that I knew the tone, I knew the you know, and and creators were involved and stuff in in uh, in Beast Wars and Beast Machines. And frankly, I was the negative Nancy during a lot of during a lot of Beast Wars and Beast Machines, uh, you know, because some some stuff, you know, some stuff in the later seasons of those I didn't enjoy. Uh, so now, granted, I'm I like to think of myself as a little more laid back than I was back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I was I was pretty I was a pretty big asshole sometimes on those podcasts. <laughs> um, man, I hate listening to old podcasts that I was on because sometimes I'm a real jerk. Um, <laughs> that re- that reminds me. Did you hear? You saw that link that I sent you a while ago about the toy, right? Uh, Rabbit. yeah. The. Oh <laughs> uh, wait, what? Oh oh yeah, ra- Ravage. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, saw that. Yeah, and it's immediately a, thought it's a of Comic Con exclusive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, mm, Kendall's not going to like this one. <laughs> well, luckily it's a luckily it's a convention exclusive. I didn't, you know, they're allowed to make it. I mean, I'm more mad about. The the most mad I've I've been about a toy getting released is when I found out is every time I look at lists of toys and I see that there's an Inferno toy and it's the freaking fire truck. <laughs> yeah. Like like I always forget it before I look at the list of the toys that exist. Now you know the pain of Silverbolt fans. Yeah. yeah. But I'm also just not I mean I'm just not like I'm not going to get mad about about not getting a con exclusive like yeah, yeah, I wasn't gonna get that anyway. Well, no, that that wasn't my re- like. I wasn't sending it to you for you to get mad about it being a con exclusive, but the fact that they got that they made a toy of your most hated character <laughs> of the entire series. Well, I, I mean, I know that he's a, they're allowed to make toys. Hasbro's <laughs> allowed to make toys. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm okay with that. I actually was glad. I would rather them because they're gonna make a toy that's the that's the convention exclusive i would rather it be something that i don't like yeah because you know if they had made a toy of yeah if they had made a toy of if it had been silverbolt like a like a done in the style of done in the style of war for for cybertron or if it had been uh oh don't uh pterosaur or something if it had been like any other beast wars character besides besides ravage uh or optimal optimus I mean, at least at least I do have the uh, the Beast Wars uh, old Silverbolt toy, and it's a very good model. Like it, yeah. For even for back then, for especially mm. when uh, you look at the original Black Arachnia for Beast Wars, like the sculpt for her body and stuff was that, but she was basically a shell former in the sorts. Yes. Yeah. That's so true. the new one, so the new one's so much nicer and so much more show accurate. Yeah. Uh without having to get like one of those masterpiece <laughs> versions. Mm. So like yeah, the new black arachnia is really impressive how it so, 
it's really nice that I can put you know put them side by side and they and they look perfectly fine each other. Like it really does look very nice. Yeah. Like that that is one of the things I'm very glad about the the old Silvermolt uh uh toy. All right. So did we put out a call for questions earlier? I know. Uh, did we get any questions? Um, not many, unfortunately, but we did get one uh, awesome. on Twitter. Uh, Rhea Rose at Rhea Rose Eight. Hi, Rhea. Hey, Rhea. Oh, I think it was her birthday recently, by the way. Might Happy have been. Birthday. Might have been in July, though. So we're kind of in the beginning of August when we're recording this. So a little late, but anyways, happy birthday. Uh, and she says, like Greg, I binged the whole thing, so I'll avoid the spoilers. But uh-huh. I am, but I am curious of where you all hope to see this season go, and possibly future Transform- Transformers series go after this. Um, at the moment, I with this as at the moment, like with everything that went with uh, between Dinobot and Air Razor, I'd like to actually see that on the Maximal side now. Like I'd like mm-hmm. to see a converse because remember how I said like there was uh, one of the possible futures that was handed at for for Dinobot was uh, leader of a unified uh, force. Uh, I believe Cheetor actually also had that as a possible future too, like that they would be part of or like leader of that. And I'd actually like to see that, like this a conversation of the Maximals of like how you know basically like what Air Razor was saying, like her her you know putting forth that maybe they don't have to be us versus them for, for the Maximals as well. And that, that we can set aside like, you know, uh, drawn battle lines and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, we've been seeing a lot of great stuff with the, with the villain side and I'm really glad for that. But now I just would like to see a little bit more building on the, on the Maximal side now. Mm-hmm. I would like, um, I mean, first what I would like, and they can do whatever they, I think I've, I think I've learned from this season, what we've seen so far that they can do whatever they want. Um, although I would prefer a smaller, a smaller scale, which I don't think is going to happen, but I mean, I, I would really like to see the, a, a dedicated beast wars show, mm-hmm. uh, you, you know, whether it's like, maybe they, maybe they end this by, that you know they end this season by uh by going back to you know the the ro- the the vehicle the non beast wars people leave and then the maximals and the predacons are are still on earth or or whatever or 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 get stuck on earth again for some reason maybe this isn't really earth and they actually go to the real earth i don't know <laughs> um but uh for whatever plot convoluted reason i want to see I want to see five Maximals and five Predacons fighting over a, a valley with no, uh, you know, Blood Gulch Valley with 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 no way in or out. <laughs> I just I, I want to see and and then just do, you know, having having characters switch sides. I'd love to see a Maximal switch over to a to the side of the Predacons because that never really happens. Yeah. Um. You know, something maybe make the Predacons a little bit more nuanced than if you were going to do something like that. But but just really, I just want to see I want to see the animals, all the animals fighting each other uh, and and keep but keep it up. But keep, but really do you can do anything with those characters and just keep it up in this in this style. Um, what I kind the one thing I kind of don't want is for this to lead to a straightforward G1 style 
mo- uh, Transformers wake up in the modern day kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that would be a that would be a little bit disappointing to go straight to that. Um, but I would also give that a legit chance um, just because, you know, if the writing's good and obviously we've done three seasons of no people, the <laughs> the writers of this show know that we don't want that many people. So you could have very, very limited people if if you needed it to take place in the modern day. How about you, Greg? Um, I mean, a lot of the stuff that I would like to see you, you both covered, um, I kind of would like to see maybe some something that Megatron talked about is like the timelines. So I really wouldn't mind seeing something akin to maybe, I guess, what we're what, what we're looking at with the MCU right now. I really wouldn't mind seeing multiple takes on the characters and some like you know unicron level threat that forces like different timelines or different universes to converge together to to face a threat like that i i know we sort of got that in the comics but i i'd really like to see an interesting take of that uh in animated form i think it could be really good and really i think if done well uh it could you know, I think there's a story that could be told that doesn't necessarily involve Earth either. Um, or, I mean, you could involve it, but at the same time, I don't think it's a necessity either. I think you could have a very compelling story without involving humans. I figured out what I figured out what need what we need with sort of jumping off of you. Mm-hmm. There, we've got right now we've got two optimists optimistesses. Mm-hmm. We need a we need a story where you have Orion Pax voiced by Chad Vader or this, you know, this guy, mm-hmm. uh, Optimus Primal, maybe voiced by this guy, maybe voiced by whoever. Uh, uh, I forget who they're doing in the movie. Oh, and, Ron yeah. And Optimus Prime voiced by the real Optimus Prime. Peter Collin. By Peter, by Peter Collin. Have That's all, have all three of them. Although is that what, Power of the Primes was no, well, <laughs> no. It seems like that's that, what that should no, have it been. Wasn't. It really should have been, but it wasn't. It, yeah. So maybe, so maybe give us a, so maybe give us a, a modern day take in this continuity, and then blend the young, the young War for Cybertron, have the young War for Cybertron Optimus team up with Optimus Primal and. Uh, and a grown-up Peter Cullen Optimus. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool. Put them all in the union. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kendall, you had a question you wanted to ask. <laughs> yeah, I forgot what it was. I'll ask it next Ooh. week. Cool. It had something to do with food, or else I was like, I want to ask a question <laughs> about food, but I can't remember what it was. I am tired this week for some reason. I don't know. Summer's almost over. The- We're almost halfway through August. <laughs> That doesn't mean yeah. anything. <laughs> oh yes, I'm a grown up and I don't have children. Yeah. <laughs> True enough. Uh, so does anybody have anything they would like to plug this week? <laughs> Kendall, um, would you like I'll to go first? Jordan, uh, go first? Uh, Sorry, fiction pod. Sorry, say that again, Jordan. I was talking yeah. over you. I I was just I was just take, jumping in. No, that's no, okay. I was, I was gonna plug uh, Stranger's Fiction Pod again. 
because uh, I the interstitial campaign, the Lark uh, Lark Souls is almost done. I think there's like oh. only like two more episodes or so, and it's gonna and things are gonna uh, probably go on hiatus for for that. I'm going to you know plug the other stuff I work for, like uh, Alphabet Flight. Uh, oh. I think is actually almost done. Done with the 89 update, which means that we have like over like 600 episodes, like 600 handbook of the Marvel Universe and its update. And then it's going into like where they do a little. Well, there was the I think in 2000s they made. But after that, they kind of just did like, well, here's uh, the Marvel magic characters from A to Z kind of thing. Like they did like little more side things. Okay. But like Jesse still plans on keep you know keep going going through as much as he can. But um, he says he's probably going to limit. It used to be like three episodes of a, a, a week because you know you know you just read like a short entry, gave their stats, and and then talk, talked about them. But mm. now that uh, they're getting to these later things where they actually kind of give whole back power bars and stuff like that, he are uh, they said that they might have to do a little bit more like. You know, and one episode a week, or or two episodes every couple of weeks, kind of thing. Okay. But either way, it's going to be coming out. So, and honestly, it's yeah. it's always fun. listen. Comic books are crazy. They're always been crazy, and just learning basically do to explain comic books is always fun, if you ask me. Yeah. You know, that's why I collected the 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 those little comic like uh collectible cards. It was like little fact things on there, and I just yeah, those things were always pretty. Cool. Always try to explain things, or did little things there, uh, like the images. Right on. Jordan, I think that we're like you're kind of cutting in and out. Are you so, are yeah, you getting that little, too, you know, Greg? It's, it's, yeah, it's I am. <laughs> yep, cutting in oh. a little bit. Okay. Um, that's okay. That's okay. Everybody, uh, if if you didn't hear, if if we didn't clean up uh, Jordan's uh, audio. Uh, uh, listen to back, Alphabet yeah, Flight and the, the other right. show that he's on. <laughs> yes, I do have a backup. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think we got enough that that Greg can probably yeah, so we can, uh, clean if, it up. It should be fine. Uh, one thing doesn't have. Yeah. Oh yeah, I should be able to piece it together no problem. It's something on my internet. Every okay. once in a while at night, my internet just has some little problem sometimes. But yeah, that's that's it for me. Cool. Kendall, how about you? Um, so if, if I, first of all, just in general, look for a bunch of podcasts this week. Uh, I'm going to be, uh, taking a little vacation, so I'll, I'll have a little bit of time to catch up. Uh, that's what we called music, the poll list and a very special, hopefully I'd get it done and posted and stuff. Uh, I decided, I decided for Friday the 13th, I wanted to do a podcast about Jason X, uh, Jason movie that I don't want to say is my favorite, but is definitely oh. the one that I think about the most. It had so, a bunch of the cast from Andromeda in it. I remember. It's like a it's 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 like Jason a capsule of a of a sci-fi original movie Jason from the, from two thousand movie. Mm. Yes, right. that's that's a very good explanation for it. I like I don't think movie to watch while drunk with friends. <laughs> yeah, that's probably the best way to put uh, that sort of thing. Still cutting out. 
Yeah, a yeah, little bit. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't get any of that. I heard you. I heard you go. Uh, yeah, it's a movie that. And then Greg was like, "Yeah, that's a good way of putting that." Yeah, I I, I heard to to get drunk, and I think watch with friends was what I heard. So. <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully we get some good Jordan content there. Yeah, get getting drunk and watching it with friends is always a good thing with it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And as always, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably already found AudioEntropy.com. If not, I've just told you about it. So you can check that out. You've got podcasts like ours. You've got Teenagers with Attitude, which is reviewing Power Rangers. It's still in Power Rangers in space right now. Uh, we've got the Idol on Playtest podcast, as well as a host of others on the site. Uh, if you want to find me, you can find me on Twitter at TheRealGonMun, G-O-N-M-U-N. Uh, it's better than the previous name that I had, as I always say. Uh, if you want to look for us on Twitter, we are also there as well for the podcast at Warren Beast. If you want to be ancient and send us an email that isn't spam, you can send it to WarrenBeastPodcast at gmail.com. Or if you want to, you know, shirk those other social medias and use old school Facebook, we are on Facebook as well if you search for Warren Beast Podcast. Facebook is old school now. Well, I mean, it's older than Twitter, so. <laughs> yeah, I get. Yeah, we don't have a TikTok. Yeah, nah, I, I don't still think don't totally know what TikTok is. I'm not sure either. <laughs> but yeah, there you go, folks. It's been another week. So for Warren Beast, I have been Greg. I've been Jordan. Uh-huh, we got it. And and I Yay. I still I also don't really know what Fortnite is. <laughs> Involves flossing? My son knows. <laughs> Anyways, Kendall, you're Kendall. I think I already stopped the recording. Ah.